she can remember, she's been deaf in her right ear. She could not see anything. And I want you to see what God has done. Hallelujah! Rachel, I want you to tell them yes. who set you free. Yes. Who has healed you? Yes. Did you see that number? 105,500 and what, 10? 526, there it is. 105,526, that number is just absolutely insane to me. Isn't it so good that we as the church get to partner with missionaries like that, that are really reaching people across the world and here, like Lead the Generation, the video that you just saw. I love that we get to look back on stuff like this for Rewind Weekend. Isn't that good? Woo. Amazing. We don't often get to stop and look back. In fact, I think I've not always been great at celebrating the past, right? Celebrating what God has really done. And I just kind of want to push forward and move on, right? Anybody else like that? Let's just keep moving. But it's so good to be able to look back. Rewind Weekend is about that. We get to look back and celebrate what God has done. I think this is our fifth or sixth annual Rewind Weekend. They're always so much fun. It's, it's become this important tradition in the life of our church to look back and really celebrate. Thank God for what he's doing. So we're going to do some of that today. I have a, a, a short message for you, and then we're going to do some more worship. Are you ready? Yeah. That yeah. was underwhelming. Yeah. Okay, that's better. All right, you're ready now. So let's look at theories for the year. I want to see if you guys remember these. Some of them feel like ages ago, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but last year we started off with goals, hashtag goals. Anybody remember this series? Woo! Hashtag goals was all about how to fight the good fight, how to finish the race, how to keep the faith. Right I, Now, I remind you of all of these because all of this content is still online. Praise God for the podcast, right? I think Sam Yaka is... I haven't seen him this morning, but he told me lately, I think the podcast is one of our best resources because he listens to the sermons all week. He gets them deep down in his soul. So if you're not utilizing that, look back at some of these. You might hear some themes that you really need to hear again, right? It's all on there. It's also all on YouTube. Next one, we did Light the Fire. Do you remember Light the Fire? All about the Book of Acts Church, living a life on fire with the Holy Spirit. The third series of this year was called The Heart of Jesus. You remember this one? This one, like, changed how I think about Jesus, I think. It, it, it um, was our Easter series. Talked about what Jesus 
cared about afterward, I think the very last week, somebody pointed out that there might be a dead sheep on the hill. <laughs> Didn't see that. You think it's a rock? It definitely looks sheep-like. I don't know. <laughs> now that's all you're going to remember when you see it. It was about what Jesus cared about, how he ministered, and how we can too. We talked about belonging in the church, right? Do you remember that? You belong here? Anyway, then we talked about fasting and feasting. You guys remember this? We really practiced fasting and, and also the feasting side of it, how God built in all of these feasts to the rhythm of our faith and how we get to celebrate and thank God for everything he's done. Anybody else in a season of feasting? Currently, maybe a little too much. Tomorrow, Josh is starting. No? You're starting 75 hard. Nice. Talk to Josh afterward if you want to do a very difficult program <laughs> starting tomorrow. Next, we did Summer in the Psalms. You remember this? So many awesome speakers over the summer talked about the book of Psalms. I remember starting it off with, the Psalms can be so real, <laughs> right? You can see yourself in the Psalms and just expressing the overwhelming emotions to God such a good series. It was really, really good about being in the presence of God. Then we did The Waymaker about how we see God, right? And if we see him as truly the big, amazing waymaker that he is, it changes the way we pray and how we approach him because he is the waymaker. He makes a way where there is no way. Amen? Now we're getting into more recent. You'll probably remember these. The Locusts was next. You remember The Locusts about how to live in God's economy and not the world's? biggest thing everybody remembers about this is the toilet paper issue. <laughs> I ranted about how expensive toilet paper is for a while, and then a lot of you gifted me toilet paper. We're still using that toilet paper, by the way. <laughs> Crazy. Living in God's economy, not the world's, right? Attitude of gratitude was the not most recent, but one before last, about how our gratitude can affect our spiritual perspective. More than we think, how important it is to our faith and what we're presenting back to God, who's given us so much. And finally, we just got done talking about the good news, right? What is the good news? The gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard somebody say it. And how to share that good news. I also want to report so many of you, we did a street ministry training somewhere in there this fall, and so many of you took that so seriously, took the series so seriously, went out and, and were handing out invitations, and we had the largest amount of first-time guests we have had all year in the month of December. I kid you not, you've been doing an amazing job. So such a great year of, of preaching, and God's so good to us, and all that he wants to tell us. Now, I want to give you a quick photo quiz. Are you ready? Okay, let's see the first photo. I have a question. What 2023 event were these lovely people attending? Anybody know? Yell it out. The spaghetti dinner. FEU spaghetti dinner. It's coming up again. We always have youths that are performing and putting on a show during it too, which is awesome. How about this one? What 2023 outreach event were these guys helping with? Easter what? Where? McSherry's Town Community 
Easter egg hunt. That's right. We had a bunch of games and inflatables and awesome Easter egg hunt. We partnered with Life Discovery Church. That was awesome. All right, next one. Oh, okay. So it says the answer to the question I was going to ask up top, so I'm going to ask this one. <laughs> How many suitcases did we have to fill to send the team to Tanzania? Twelve, I heard it. Twelve suitcases full of toothbrushes and toothpaste and soap and razors and all kinds of good stuff. Do you know, by the way, I don't know if I ever said this publicly, but we were like the only church that brought stuff, right? And so they gave, all the stuff they gave out in hospitals and when they were visiting orphanages and all of these things was your stuff. Isn't that awesome? We got to bless the city of, which is my next question. Next picture. There's crew taking up all the donations. This is the team that went to Tanzania this year, but what city did they visit? That's a country. First of all, it's not the one on their shirts either, so that's not a giveaway. Anybody know what city they went to? Dar es Salaam. Good job, Dion. Yes, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. We sent six people. We're going back to Tanzania. This is a sneak peek in 2024 this year. So attend that missions meeting because I'd love, well, I'm not going, but Aaron would love to take you to Tanzania this year. Next picture. What month do we send FE youth to summer camp to get all muddy in the mud pit? I heard June, I think. It's in June. These guys have a blast at summer camp every year. Winter retreats coming up. Next one, I think we have one more. What event are these goofballs helping out at Heidlersburg Carnival? That's right. Work in the duck pond, maybe? Frog something? Oh, yeah, one more. What group does these beautiful ladies represent? Bold and brave women's group. That's right. They're my peeps. Isn't that awesome? Look, we couldn't even fit another one around the table. It's beautiful. New semester starting up January 10th. Love to have you. That is the last one, right? All right. We have all the pictures from this year on a loop before and after service. I hope you'll hang out and just remember some of the fun things we did this year. Let me give you some numbers before we move on to the message. Is that all right? Let's celebrate these a little bit. Just most recently, we sponsored for Christmas, you know, the, the Christmas care program we run every year, 18 families, 48 kids total. It's incredible. I saw some of the other programs that are going on, and ours, I mean, 48 kids is so many kids. <laughs> And I think only one or two of those were Freedom Valley families. Otherwise, they were community people. I mean, that's just... But all of the sponsoring families were Freedom Valley. All, I mean, it was you guys that gave into our community like that. Just a beautiful, beautiful outreach. Um, one, it's sort of my pet project every year. I love it so much that we get to do that. The other thing that was amazing this month was Gettysburg Cares. We sponsored breakfast for three solid weeks of Gettysburg Cares. We fed 27-ish people a day through you guys. I think I only bought food for like three days. You guys fed 27 people a day for three weeks with just the donations you brought in. Johnny absolutely killed running that team. He was amazing. But so many of you volunteered for it as well. And it was not an easy 
spot to volunteer for, 6 to 8 a.m. Lots of people helped out there. It's just so, so amazing. Got lots of compliments, too, from both the people and other churches, just saying how generous Freedom Alley is and, and just so grateful for you guys. You guys showed up every day, so passionate. You had four people there every day, I think. They were impressed by that. They were impressed by how much we put into it. It was just I got lots of compliments on you all, so thank you for that. We also started a clothing closet this year. We, I did not write these numbers down, but I think we've served 15 or 18 families already, and we're not even like officially open, open yet, but we've been able to, to help so many people already through that, always still looking for more kids' donations. Uh, we, we started prison ministry this year. Right, sent some people over to the prison to help out with that. We did a street ministry training. I already talked about that a little, but you guys kicked butt this month in reaching out to people. We sent 12 suitcases to Tanzania, six people to Tanzania. We sent 13 kids to Kids Breakaway this year, which is the short camp in the winter. 14 kids to summer camp, which I give you these numbers because you all sponsor kids like crazy to go to camp. Like, so many kids get to go to camp because of you, and they have amazing encounters with God at camp like nowhere else. Youth, we also sent 19 to winter retreat and 17 to summer camp, which was awesome. We, Speaking of youth, we started a Bible quiz team this year. I don't know if you all were here the week that the Bible quiz team showed off their skills, but they memorize whole chunks of the Bible and then compete with their memory skills. It's an awesome program. Uh, we baptized 40 people this Woo! year. We got 13 new partners this year, which is an awesome number. The deliverance team estimates 39 deliverances, they think. Woo! 39. And they've been casually training people too, like maybe 10-ish people to do that, which is awesome. And here's the biggest and best number of the year. Salvation and I'm in responses. Right? These are people that raise their hand at the end of service or texted I'm in. 150. It's not 150,000 or 105,000 or whatever Mission SF's had, but that's amazing. 150 souls gave their lives over to Jesus. I mean, isn't that why we do what we do? And numbers aren't everything, right? We don't do this just for the numbers, but each of those numbers represents a soul touched by Jesus Christ, right? As somebody that we got to minister to in the name of Jesus. I know he set so many people free this year. He has baptized new people with the Holy Spirit and fire. Some of you got new callings and gifts and talents this year that you got to pour into other people. These are things that we can't always quantify with a number, right? But this is what we pray for. Every time I pray over a new partner or, or baptisms, I always ask God, bring new gifts and talents out of people, right? Help them move into ministry, serve people. And I can see it happening. He is doing that this year, absolutely. Today is about celebrating all of that, even the things that don't have the numbers attached, right? It's not about that. It's what's what God is doing in our hearts, in us and through us. We are helping people to find God, move forward in their faith, and do something for him. And that is absolutely amazing. Can we just celebrate him one more time for all of that? Thank you, God. 
Now today, I have just a short message for you, and then we're going to close out this year with some throwback worship from Aaron. Um, I want to share something with you today that I think that God has taught me personally over the past couple of years. Um, In fact, I had a whole other message planned out for this week, but first of all, it was way too long. Uh, And I thought it was really important that we get that extra worship in yet today. But I had a whole other message planned up. God specifically said that I should share this message today, that it's not just for me anymore. It's for all of you. So I want to read to you Psalm 127, 1 to 2. I have it on the screen in the New Living Translation, but I'm going to read it first in the English Standard Version. uh, Because I just like the language a little bit, and then we'll read it in the NLT too. So... It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. Let me read it in the NLT that's on the screen. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Vanity is not productive long-term. This is why the most important goals you make this year won't be about your body or how much you eat or whether or not your house stays clean. It'll be about the work that you do on your character. Right? Are the other things important? Sure. But you won't succeed for very long without building the inner disciplines to keep them going. Right? Which is why New Year's resolutions tend to fail pretty quickly. Because God resists the proud. And if God is resisting you, do you see it as well? I I know a lot of people that feel just like, well, I'm just unlucky. You know, the world is just against me. Everything I do, it fails. Do you begin to look inward at that point and think, maybe I have a pride problem I need to fix. Maybe God is resisting me and I need to humble myself. And Proverbs 16, 4 says, God made everything for a reason. Even the wicked fit into his plans. Troubled times await them. <laughs> Even the wicked fit into his plans. Can we not trust him? But if God is for you, who can be against you? When the God of the universe is fighting for you, even half-hatched plans succeed. When God is fighting for you, sometimes the enemy even fights itself. Amen to that, right? And you just... Pick up the spoils. When God is fighting for you, sometimes walls fall down just by walking around it. (laughs) So is it more important to work on the building or to work on your heart? The story of Mary and Martha illustrates this. In Luke 10, we see one sister sit at Jesus' feet and soak up everything he says. She's slacking on her kitchen duties, right? The other sister gets resentful, like she has to do it all. And she asks Jesus to make her help, right? Jesus said, Luke 10, 42, there's only one thing to be concerned about, and your sister has discovered it. 
it will not be taken away from her. It was about Mary's heart in searching after Jesus. Did kitchen work need doing? Sure, probably. But first of all, Jesus wouldn't always be sitting in your living room. Right? He's not always going to be sitting there. The kitchen work will be there no matter what. Jesus is sitting in the living room. Right? Second, if Jesus, the son of the living God, was hungry, don't you think he could feed himself? He fed 5,000 men plus their families on the hilltop with loaves and fishes, right? Don't you think he can provide for a few people in a house if he needs to? Don't you think he's capable of that? Does God need taken care of by us? Is he so small that we have to look out for his needs? Or is there pride in that? Can you start to feel this pastor's heart come out a little bit in this lesson? God has showed me this over and over throughout the last couple of years. They've been hard years for churches. I don't know if you guys have heard the statistics or if this is just the pastor's world that I live in, but churches are closing, pastors are quitting, they're burnt out, they're struggling, they're tired. It's a tough world to pastor in. God keeps showing me, why do you think it's about you? Why do you think it's about the work that you're doing? <laughs> How much time you can put into this, if you're good enough or not? Why? why? I build my house. All you have to do is search after me. Another story is in the Old Testament. Second Samuel 6, there are some priests transporting the Ark of the Covenant. Remember this story. Transporting it by ox cart, which they're not supposed to be doing. They're transporting it unsanctified, which they're not supposed to be doing. They're not following God's instructions. And when the Ark of the Covenant begins to fall off the cart, a man named Uzzah caught it. Do you remember this story? He died instantly. God struck him dead instantly. And while we may read that and think, God, isn't that a little... Harsh. It's, it's unfair, isn't it? But should God compromise his holiness for you? When you are the one not careful enough to listen to his instructions, not excellent enough to sanctify yourself, it shows a lack of respect for the God of heaven's armies, the God of the universe. Should God make compromises for that? Can't we trust that God, the creator of all things, can take care of himself? That if his ark, his resting place is falling, he could probably take care of that. But it's in our knee-jerk reactions that our heart is shown. When a crisis hits, how do we react immediately? Do we run to him for protection and help? Do we ask him his opinion on the situation? Or do we, we react in fear and we pull back our obedience? I see this happen a lot. I lost my job, so I, you know, I couldn't come to church anymore. I couldn't tithe anymore, blah, 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 blah. I, I, I hit a crisis. I'm going through a divorce. I started a business. Everything's crazy. I, I, so many different things can knock us off our obedience course. It's in those knee-jerk reactions. Our pride can be in the way so much, and God hides things from the proud but reveals them to the humble. That was a fact Jesus thanked God for in Matthew 11. <laughs> he thanked God 
that he hides them from the proud. So why are we working so hard for our own plans? Why are we overworking ourselves and sacrificing our health and our families and our sanity just for our own plans? We medicate ourselves to wake up. We medicate ourselves to go to sleep. We barely get through every day working, working, working. Is that really what God called us to do? We rely on ourselves, not on God. We eat the bread of anxious toil. If everything is going well at work, but your family is falling apart, your priorities are wrong. I did not hear the excuses. I can hear them running through your head even now. I can't take a Sabbath. I've got too much to do. Okay. I can't tie that. I don't have enough. Okay. I don't have time to sit down with the Bible every day. Really? But okay. God says, okay. Do it your way. See how that goes. See how well you can protect a city without my help. See how well your crops grow without my help. See how well your job provides for you without my help. See how well your kids thrive without my help. Go ahead. Or you could just obey me. Right? Repent. Confess. Take a day off once a week. Tie to your church. Read your Bible even five minutes a day. Pray and ask me for things. Fast occasionally when you feel your selfishness taking over. Just be obedient and I will work on your behalf. Just show me that you can submit and watch me work. That's what Jesus did. That's the example that we're meant to follow. We submit to his will. Trust his will. Trust his process. Trust his people. I've known people who just refuse to confess because they can't trust God's people. And I know there have been people out there who claim to be God's people and are untrustworthy. I get it. But you stay stuck in your sin that way, too. Too ashamed to let it all out, and they suffer in silence. It's not how we're meant to live. Trust his people. Trust his process. Submit to his will and watch him work our vain attempts will never work anyway. They're not productive. I'm going to read this passage one more time. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. God gives rest to his loved ones. That's it. That's the message God told me to share today. I think some of us needed that message desperately. I could feel the desperation in the Holy Spirit this week as I was writing it. I think we have some repenting to do as we look back as well. It's not all celebration. Sometimes we just need to repent. Look forward into the new year with a clean heart before God. Coming to Jesus, Jesus washes away all the sin, but oftentimes we want to collect pieces of sin along with Jesus, right? We want him, and we still want to do what we want to do. Can't have it both ways. Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. 
the sin, the shame, the religion even, it keeps us, it's, it's heavy, right? We're heavy burdened. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. I think some of us have some repenting to do today because we've tried to take control back from God over and over. It keeps us in this emotionally and spiritually immature place. Self-discipline is not a strong suit, and so we, God has to constantly do it for us, discipline for us. Even though we're fully grown adults and should be capable of doing it all by ourselves, I thought about doing a series next year called Grow Up. <laughs> Maybe I still will at some point. God taught me over the past few years, I think he's been slowly teaching me this since 2020, really. It's one of those lessons that was for me, not for the church. So if it's coming out a little harsh, it's to me. Uh, but I, I personally, I struggled through 2020. I know so many of us did. But then there was pregnancy for me in the first year of Arrow's life. And I, I was stressing some days because just couldn't get done what I wanted to get done. And the amazing thing is I would, if I would stress and struggle, I was in a never-ending loop of stressing and struggling. No inspiration would come. I'd, I'd feel stuck and start to get panicky, like, God. Sunday comes every single week. I have to have something to share with the church. But if I would just put it down, focus on rest, focus on my family, and say, God, I need help, right? I'm not saying all the time. I'm not... This is not a laziness sermon, right? Work hard, but then give God the ability to let you rest. That's what he's saying. I want to give you rest. Let me, right? When I did that, when I said, okay, God, I'm going to walk away from work right now. I'm going to rest. He would then give me inspiration, and eight hours worth of work could get done in one. I'm not joking. It was amazing, because when I'm at my worst, He's still at his best. When I'm at my worst, he's still at his best. When I am broken, he makes me whole. Not Netflix. Not junk food. Not pornography. Not more money. Right? We think all of these things in our lives make us whole. He makes me whole. And we, we strive and we struggle. And if I, can just get, if I can just get this and this and this. When I'm broken, he makes me whole. When I'm weak, he is so strong. I've had that on my computer screen at my desk. When I am weak, he is strong. Why am I relying on just me anyway? Everything good and holy and talented and inspired and anointed, it's not me, it's him anyway. When I am weak, then he can work. I have to rely on him fully, and he can work. I know my specific example doesn't translate to everybody's life, but it's a real-world example of what God was teaching me. I know he has a lesson in it for you, too. A lot of us, we look at the next year on New Year's Day, and we think, this is the year of me. This is my year, right? This is I, I'm going to make a word for this year, and that's going to be... I think it might be much more useful to actually look back and say, what did God teach me this year? What am I taking into the next year? Where, where did I actually grow and, and change? 
What lessons have I learned along with God? Because those taken into the next year will change your goals, will change your workouts, will change your reading habits, all the things that we make these goals about, right? Take those lessons with you rather than just a lot of times they're empty goals. Mine are. Anyway, I last like two weeks, and that's long. Submit, confess, repent. Get it all out there. Let God do what only he can do. We have prayer partners up here after services, right? If there's no one else, confess it to them. You don't have to tell everyone. Tell someone. You're only as sick as your secrets. Tell someone. Get it out there. Repent. Let God do what only God can do. Your effort and stress and struggle mean nothing without him. Do it the right way, not just the easy way. Because the easy way never ends up being easy in the long run. But his way is right always. I'm going to invite Aaron back up. But today, before we jump back into worship, I want to give you an opportunity to come to some sort of repentance. <laughs> right? It's the last day of the year. I don't know specifically who this message was for. I think it was for a lot of us. But I, I want to give us just a moment to reflect, to think back. Hey, God, what have I learned this year? How can I submit more fully to you? What do I need to, to go into next year with forgiveness for? Now, Jesus says yes every time you ask that question. God, will you forgive me? Of course he will. He already has. 2,000 years ago on the cross, he gave you forgiveness before you even asked, before you even did the thing you're asking for forgiveness for. He already gave it to you. We just have to ask. Repent. Right? That first kind of repentance I'm sort of calling for today is just admitting that you need help. As Americans, we have this thing in our culture where we're independent, self-sufficient, right? Something, it's a point of pride to be those things. But in God's kingdom, we need each other. We need to be in community with each other from the very beginning. That it's not good for man to be alone. And he gave us family from the beginning. Jesus did it all over again by inventing the church, giving us family. We need each other. We need to ask for help when we can't do it on our own. Sometimes that just takes admitting that we've been trying to do something the wrong way for a while. There are a lot of examples that would apply here. Maybe it was a sexual sin. Maybe it was a financial sin. There's some stealing, some lying, some cheating, some overworking, some emotional affairs, some pornography, some pride. It's, there's a lot of different ways we try to do things on our own. You just need to confess it and repent. Receive help. Allow yourself to be pastored again. Allow yourself to be in community again, to be in fellowship with each other again. Some of us hold back in those things because of these shame loops that we create. Stop. Confess it. Let today be the day that we just get free and allow Jesus to help us again.
So let's take some time and do that now. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Just give each other some space to think and to pray a little. Father, thank you for your word. It's useful to teach us, to correct us when we need it, to guide us into all truth. Thank you that we can look to it and see so much wisdom. We can look back on the year and celebrate all that you've done, but also repent. Come back into submission. We can look back and see all the ways that we failed to trust you. All of the ways that we thought we could do it on our own. All of the struggle, the shame, the fear. God, today we just give it to you. Go into 2024 with a fresh start, clean slate. Jesus, bring freedom to this house today. Bring hope to this house today. Let this be a house of peace, rest. We'd be able to go from here today having gotten some things off of our chest, having gotten some things off of that shame loop. We give it all to you. We give it to the cross. Jesus, you nailed yourself to that cross 2,000 years ago and took all of our sin with you. We don't have to do it alone anymore because of your sacrifice. You made it so easy just to call on your name. Thank you, Jesus. We call on your name today, the name above all names. We ask you for your forgiveness. We want to do things your way from today forward, Jesus. you and we praise you. Some of us are doing this for the first time here this morning. Really coming to a place of, I I need help. I can't do it on my own anymore. I need Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to be his disciple. Around here we call that saying, I'm in. I'm into following Jesus. I'm into living for him. I'm into repenting. Not doing it my own way anymore. And I just want to give you a moment to mark that spot in your life. If that's you today, you're saying, I'm doing this for the first time, or maybe it's been a really long time, and I just need to run back to Jesus. I just need to show him that I'm in again. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Slip it up in your seat. I am in. I want to put my hope in him and ask him for forgiveness. Anybody like that here today? If you're watching online, you can text the number on the screen. I'd love to help you with that decision as well. Okay. Second response today is just for that repentance. Maybe you're realizing that I've been working in vain. Like these scriptures say, I've been trying to protect my own city and not giving it to God. I've been trying to build my own house. I've been trying to build my own empire and telling God what I want from him instead of asking him what he wants from me. I just want to repent today.
today. I just want to give it all to God. Would you raise your hand if that's you, just so I know who I'm praying for? Awesome. Anybody else here today? Just some hesitation in the room, I feel. Oftentimes with these decisions, there's hesitation because we're not sure if we want to let it go yet. If we're ready to let it go yet. Father, I pray for each and every one of us repenting today, going into 2024 with a clean heart before you. Thank you for the ability to do this so easily. We can just humble our hearts before you and ask for forgiveness, and you give it every time. Jesus, that's what you gave us. Is it always easy to live for you? No, but this part, this part you made so easy. Jesus, forgive us our sins. Forgive us for all those things that come between us and you. God, help us to live wholehearted, passionate, vibrant, selfless lives for you. Let us be those disciples truly. Let our heart break for what breaks yours. Let us go into this world an absolute shining light for you, leaving all of that darkness and shame behind. Just step into the beautiful light, the hope, the peace that you give. God, we ask you for your blessings in 2024, for your favor, that we would just wholeheartedly step into pure worship of who you are. We would realize you are the creator of heaven and earth, that you are so big and amazing. You hold each and every one of us in your hands. You know the amount of hairs on our head, the the amount of stars in the sky. You are so big, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You are provider, our comforter, our healer, our ever-present help in times of trouble. God, this is who you are. Let our worship be focused on you and only you. Let our praise be for you and only you. Let every thanksgiving that comes out of our mouths be directed at you. God, we can't do it on our own. You are so big and amazing and good. Thank you. Thank you for all of the things you've done this year. Thank you for the lessons that we've learned along the way. Thank you for constantly teaching us and correcting us and guiding us. We love you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name. Would you all stand with me? We talked so much about worship this last series of the year, the good news, right? And worship really is so important for our hearts. It is about what he is doing that's actually more praise. Worship is about who he is and therefore what he's doing and what he's done. Right? It's, it's tied up. Praise and thanksgiving and worship are all tied up together. But worship specifically is about who he is. It's so important. So we often forget. We go into our busy lives and we forget how big he is, how amazing he is, 
he is the way maker, truly. So today, I really thought it was important that we end off the year with some extended worship. Aaron actually has some throwback songs. So if you were around like 10, 20 years ago, you should know these songs by heart. So we're going to enjoy that together this morning. But I really encourage you to stay, to be all in, to sing these with your whole heart, right? To worship God with abandon, not care who's watching. We really give this your all. Will you do that with me this morning? Okay. Let's worship. She and I grew up in this church 20 years ago, a little more than that. So these are for the old heads. These songs are great. These are the songs that made me love worship. I think these are the best songs ever written. And um, I hope you like them. Draw me close to you.
Song in itself is not what you have 
Amen. Can we give Aaron, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Candace, for a great Rewind weekend? How many these songs were new? I'm not seeing many hands. Few. That's great. I do have a question, though, that I don't know if anybody other than uh, Candace and Aaron and maybe my wife can answer. A while back, there was a worship leader, and somebody referred to him as our sweaty worship leader. Sweaty brother worship leader. Mark Keller. And who said that? Johnny Jenner again. Yes, he was an evangelist, came back. All right. That was a piece of trivia way back. Thank you for worshiping with us. It's good to look back. Thank the Lord for what he's done. But also now as we look into the future of knowing what he's going to do, it's going to be even greater. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that we can enjoy your presence. We exalt you. We thank you for the timeless songs and hymns through the generation and ages that declare your goodness and your and your uh, mercy and your kindness that we exalt you. Thank you to go with us this week. We thank you for each one that we could be here and set our week, set our time, set our hearts on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.